Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Wars. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're back to talk about Ahsoka, Season 1, Episode 6, Part 6, Far, Far Away. Uh, Aaron, what would you think of the introduction of Thrawn? Uh, well, it, it didn't blow me away like the previous two chapters, but, uh, I mean, that's the big thing to talk about. Um, the introduction of Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, and I guess Darth Swanson is the other. I, I That's the thing that I just, like, I got really sad knowing that we're only going to get one season out of this guy. He's just so yeah. fucking good, and... I'm just really curious to see what his plan is, like what his perfect society, what is he trying to engineer? Uh, He's just so fascinating, and we got a little bit more of his backstory because his student is just as eager as us to know about him, and it's just like, man, it's preemptively sad that this is going to be it for for old Lord Ron here. Um, I think that Grand Admiral Thrawn's introduction was perfect. It was really cool. I love this like exiled, degenerate, um, like cobbled together imperial remnant that's got that uh, uh, Kitsugi. Is that how you pronounce the you know the the Japanese uh, practice of stitching pottery, broken pottery together with gold? Uh, seems uh, they got that effect uh, I, and, and how he even he's like you know his prim and proper grand admiral but his his uniform's not as pristine as it should be there's a stain here or there uh, and he's just like as I he's a perfect envision of what I would think he looked like from the books and he's the way he gets up that head of steam about wanting Ahsoka's complete history and her master and her home world and her culture and it's like that's like yeah this is exactly what I'm from Thrawn <laughs> however However, the second he walked on the scene, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's just a blue Elon Musk. And uh-huh. there's two totally. thoughts I have with him. It's like, this is the perfect fucking Grand Admiral Thrawn. And also he looks like he 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 looks like Elon Musk that's flunked out of the chocolate factory like he would. <laughs> Uh, uh so those are my those are my thoughts. Um, and then I guess like that. The other thing is like, uh how you think they handled the Sabine Ezra reunion for someone who hasn't uh, watched Rebels or Clone Wars. Um, I think it worked for me, especially since they really set this up for a horrible dilemma of her getting exactly what she wants. But that's, I think it's clear that it's not going to be anything like what Ezra wants. And it's going to be this perfect, you know, Faustian bargain she's made with these, the, these devilish figures. Um, so yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, it, it's not as thrilling as the previous, but it's also they know they got Thrawn to ooh and ah over. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I bet for people who uh, were really, really Jones to see Thrawn, this probably was a pretty thrilling episode because that introduction. It, it so, I mean, the introduction of Thrawn had me in cold sweats. I was shivering. Uh, 
I, I couldn't really sit up. My body was aching. It, it, I think it was Thrawn, right? I also got the COVID vaccine last yesterday, so maybe it was that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty effective, I thought, regardless of what my body was doing. Uh, I think that was cool. I, I'm curious to see what Balon's ultimate, Balon's ultimate goal is here. He's talking in in a macro scale on history in the historical context that I think is super interesting because mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk about like what I think his end goal is going to be later in the episode, but same uh, that part has me maybe the most intrigued. Like I know Admiral Thrawn, what he wants, he wants the ga- galactic domination, right? Like I'm, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to figure him out. Uh, mm-hmm. But this Balin guy wants something else, I think. So to me, that's the most interesting part of this. Uh, I don't know Ezra from a brick wall, so like the introduction of Ezra did basically nothing for me. Um, although looking online, this was a huge moment for everybody who's seen any of the Rebel of stuff. Of course. Yeah. So good, good for them. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they got that. For me, it was like, okay, uh, you know, Ezra, he's, he's a dude who is a little flip, uh, a little flippant, whatever. Um, and he's in for probably a rude awakening with the compromises Sabine has made to find him. Yeah. So that's the that's thing exciting. that's really appealing to me. And, you know, as far as Ezra himself, I think he looks cool. Uh, he looks like a young, sure. hip, four-season Star Wars dude. And that's probably <laughs> what he is. So, uh, yeah. I just, man, I... The, the B... Because they're setting up for... The, I mean, this guy, like, the, my understanding is he sacrificed essentially himself to take Thrawn off the fucking board. Mm-hmm. And the horror that he must feel to have that big of a sacrifice and to pay that high a price and to have someone for what I would think even he would consider selfish reasons come and undo all that work. Mm-hmm. And so they can all be stranded with the hermit crab. I'm really curious to see how they play that off because that's something that... Uh, I mean, Sabine has just set up these multilateral betrayals of the people who are close to us, and like that character should pay a price for that, you know? Yeah, but for sure. I don't know. I also feel like Filoni is hedging, and not not there's that kind of like hinting that it's she's not going to pay that high with Hugh Yang kind of like, well, you know, yeah, she there will be an argument, but it won't it won't result in any loss for her, right? Yeah, she'll get everything she wants, pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think they're going to pull, like, on the Marvel side where, like, uh, you know, uh, the Scarlet Witch just turns into a big bad guy because of entirely understandable human reasons, but they're just also profoundly selfish and and short-sighted. And, uh, you know, what regards how you feel about, I guess, that Scarlet Witch plot line, that that was a huge shift for that universe and for that character. And I don't know. Maybe maybe Filoni really knows what he's doing. He's going to turn Sabine into an Anakin type Skywalker that has to be redeemed. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe, maybe she'll get Ahsoka killed. This whole, this whole event will get Ahsoka killed and Ahsoka season two will just be Sabine and Ezra. And it will man. truly be rebels season six. <laughs> just, yeah. just like book of Boba Fett, you know, is Mandalorian season 2.5. It would be curious to see if Filoni would ever kill like one. Cause it seems like that Ahsoka is his a number one canon baby. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then but then yeah you got Ezra Sabine like I guess Hera those are all like is does he have does he have an in in to kill any one of those um, but that you know to be fair like I never once watching the original trilogy thought that like Luke Han or Leia would actually die for sure so yeah. you know it's, it's fine to have a little bit of plot armor there mm-hmm. uh, so that's what I thought maybe we should get into the recap let's do it we're not interested in Jedi protocol we'll be right back We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan-favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. It's time for your training, Padawan. Here's more Tribe of Two. 
start off with Ahsoka and Hu Yang waiting as the Purgles fly them through hyperspace to pass the time. They chat about the stories that Hu Yang used to tell her, histories of the galaxy, parts one, two, and three. Ahsoka admits she didn't tell Hera that Sabine made the choice to go with Balin willingly. That troubles Hu Yang, and he suggests maybe it wasn't a choice at all. She what was do you just going to do that? what she was going to do. Uh, that's that's what I mean. Like, there, she, like even. Even she a, could not make the choice to leave Ezra there. Even Ahsoka is dipping its callous toe into the determinism waters, really. You know, uh, Sabine had no fucking choice but to throw the whole galaxy into back in a civil war because she just really missed her friend. She had no agency. She was compelled by fate and forced the, the yeah, I don't know. I I I, I don't yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I mean, look, Star Wars has the whole destiny thing built into it, right? I mean, but it's constantly subverted. All the people say it, it's your destiny. Sure. Get their asses wrecked because no, actually, well, people well, can't choose there's to a, be good. There's an opposing destiny on the other side, which does uh, actually come true, right? Anakin does bring balance to the Force, that kind of thing. So, from a certain point of view, sure, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So maybe. Maybe they're going with that, or maybe they're just going with Sabine literally couldn't. She she doesn't have it in her to make the choice to leave Ezra. If Ezra is out there, she no matter what the price, she is going to choose to try and save him. So from Why do you that think aspect, it's not a choice. The other th- observation Hu Yang makes is that maybe she made the choice for herself, and that is your true fear. What? What does that mean? Can you translate that and from she spooky made the robot for herself? To, and that's and what that's... Ahsoka fears. Uh, is this just that Ahsoka is trying to teach her things and she's not listening? <laughs> I don't know. Because that is definitely is it, a fear of Ahsoka. Or is it just that she's like you know selfishness is one of those you know Yoda things? It's a path that leads to the dark side. Yeah, you know, like like maybe it's an mm-hmm. altruistic decision to sacrifice. The, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't get. I'm. I. I find it very hard to get into the mind of Sabine. I'm very much more yeah. of Ahsoka, where it's like, There's a and, here. and then like, and it's one. Th- it's just the stakes are so fucking high. It's like literally bringing mm-hmm. back an effective non uh, Adderall addicted Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, d- d- back into the world to unleash care, be- just because like the guy, the freedom fighter who put him away in the first place, you miss him so much. It's and as I said, it's like I to me, if this series follows through, like Sabine has to pay for that in some way. Um, yeah. I don't even think you can pay for that with your life. Like it's that's that's <laughs> just a trillions of of beings uh suffering and being enslaved potentially. It's uh, high stake stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious what their version of a different galaxy was going to look like if it was going to be you know gravity doesn't work the same here or the laws of the universe right. are different in another uh-huh. no it's just different different place same shit which I was relieved to see kind yeah yeah I didn't want the you know like it, it Star Wars Star Trek does that too it's like oh we're on the edge of the galaxy does physics even work out here it's like yes yes yeah, it yeah. fucking does come on <laughs> yeah, uh, these are universal laws for a reason <laughs> um uh, an- I, another question i had is yeah. i haven't really thought about it until now is a droid really the best person to be teaching younglings about the force a droid that cannot feel the force itself wouldn't you want 
a Jedi, someone who ha who has a special, like, close relationship with the Force, teaching them these things? Well, you know, everything it's he's like... saying about the Force rings hollow here. It's like I read in a book once that the <laughs> right. Force, you know, surrounds and binds all things. <laughs> like, dude, Obi Wan knew this shit intuitively because he felt it. Right, it's like going to get dating advice from a Catholic priest. It's like, well, in theory, sure, if, yeah. if I look in the Song of Solomon here, it sounds like uh, you have to, to compare their rear ends to a charming mountain goat. Try that, my son, and go. <laughs> right. You will know. You will. You will sin no more if you if you follow my 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 fa father is here is give it give it give giving the advice. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Like, well, how the fuck with this robot? But on the other hand, like, they say if you can't do, then teach. So it's like, why waste a force user with these snot-nosed punks when they're just going to be mostly throwing each uh, up on each other and bashing each other's heads in a lightsaber? Get, save Master True. Yoda for when they quit, quit yeah. all that, I guess. Although... They did make it canon that Master Yoda loves to get in with the the piss sh pissers, the, sh the the pants pissers, and uh -huh. read them stories, tell them the stories real the real goo goo gaga crowd there. Um, mm -hmm. I I, I want to make two observations of my own. I think it's interesting that two science fiction series uh, in as many weeks have done riffs of Star Wars titles. Uh, one was this Foundation. Mm -hmm. Um. Which they it was uh, long ago, not far away, and now you've got uh, far, far away. It's almost like Star Wars is a cultural touchstone for multiple generations of people. <laughs> it's almost like that. How much willpower did Feloni use to not call this, uh, or did not have Huang say a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away? Cause that that that'd be a nice subversion, right? <laughs> sure, he loves to subvert. He he loves to cut those off, just truncate them. But like here, he he goes all in on it, right? I mean, I guess he didn't run down the full crawl, but mm. he, that's the full that's the full line. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Do you have any guesses of what story Hu Yang actually told <laughs> her that it set place a long, long time ago, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? It's got to be like a Dathomir folktale, right? I thought it'd be funny if it's just literally Star Trek Four. Okay, sure. <laughs> the whales. Is, uh -huh. This long, this faraway galaxy, the Milky Way. Speaking of space whales, let me tell you about a time a space a space whale probe visited the planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. I, and that's I, I, how that's, we that's, have transparasteel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's how we got transparent. Yeah, because <laughs> of Scotty. Those were the ancestors of the hyperspace whales that you see today. Mm -hmm. They 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 took a ride in the Klingon hold, and they just got a taste for it. Got a taste for it. <laughs> Love it. Well, did you have another observation, or was that both? No, I think that's. Or? I think that's. I think that's okay. plenty. I think that's plenty. All right, let's go over to Sabine. Uh, she's on the Eye of Scion. She's shackled in a cell, not too happy about it. And Balin, uh, Balin comes up, and re she reminds him that we had a deal. He doesn't seem too concerned with honoring it at the moment. Yeah, she's getting the firsthand uh, lesson on what that whole lawful evil thing looks like. Uh, yeah. She's going to be dealing with a lot of lawful evil in her future, because that's a, that's a, seems like what... Uh, I don't know, maybe he's lawful neutral. 
Um, Perhaps, but uh, uh, Thrawn certainly lawful, lawful, lawful evil. Mm-hmm. And then Balin goes to see Morgan to say that Sabine can still be used to them. They exit hyperspace around Peridia, the home of the Dathomiri, and a star whale graveyard, apparently. Burgle graveyard. Uh, they pick up a beacon on the surface, and Shin fetches Sabine. They head down to the planet. This is uh, that- crazy looking. Yeah, I actually really like this world building. I love the idea they kind of are combining, you know, the Lion King elephant graveyard with the space whale migration and the 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 detail that this entire ring around this planet is like every hyperspace whale, every Pergil patriarch and matriarch. I think that's a really fucking cool idea. Um, here's here's the weird thing to me, and maybe I was wrong about things working the same in this galaxy, but uh-huh. wouldn't this space whales just be space whales not skeletons well i mean they were designed to live in the deeps of space so obviously the bacteria and the tube worms and everything else that uh, would eat them when they're dead would also thrive in a space type of environment so there's just a whole point? complex ecosystem in this this uh, orbiting whale fall that they've got going on here it's what, uh, what is the ecosystem there though? that's what i want to know like what what do they eat in space? I mean, that's uh, probably explainable, but like, what's the point? I mean, the point here on Earth you're going of bacteria to have some... eating your materials after you die is to deposit those materials back into the ecosystem. I don't you're know what the to... ecosystem in space is. Every time you say that, you cause a earnest 32-year-old software engineer to write me a Wikipedia article <laughs> about talking about what pergils eat and crap and all that kind of stuff. So if, unless you really mm-hmm. want to know... Uh, don't 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 make them do all that unpaid labor. Uh, all right, my bad. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, no, space I, junk. I, it's cool though. It's very cool looking. It is very cool. It's very cool in the world building and like that. This is mm-hmm. like that they have this great migration where they visit all these galaxies and this is like the the end point where you know that like anyone who's too old to make it, you just this kind of swim out there. I don't. I'm sure Any- there'll be. Uh, Maybe there's a there's a there's an episode of Rebels that deals with the funerary customs of these these Pergil, but. And it gives you the perfect excuse for Ahsoka showing up, right? Like, this is just their natural uh, route, and they're going to end up here. just happens to be this Dathomiri planet. And if you go with the idea that, like, they were inspired by the use hyperspace by observing the whales, I mean, that's like, you know, it's not untrue Mm -hmm. that a lot of mankind's attempts to fly were based on copying things in nature, right? Mm-hmm. I can get that and like that you're essentially following kind of game trails through unexplored territory in a very, you know, Lewis and Clark kind of, you know, you're just following these twisty little whale migration places to get to. I, I, I kind of I like it. I like it. Um, what what do you think of uh, like so this is like a big hyperspace jump and you can tell because they have fire and lightning and all kinds of shit coming <laughs> off of the thing when it exits it. Did you need that? Because I feel like. Why would a big hyperspace? Why would you turn suddenly turn into Marty McFly exiting the DeLorean in the nineteen fifty two just because you jumped yeah. a, 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 a hundred thousand light years instead of ten thousand light years? I don't know. Maybe don't a million know. light years. Maybe it's a lot bigger difference than I than I'm thinking. I don't know. It's I just thought that was really a huge funny. Number of light years, but sure, I could see it. Uh, they then re- land at this uh, temple, religious site. I don't know what it is, where some witches are doing laser tricks. 
and they welcome Morgan <laughs> as one of them. Thrawn is apparently Floyd. Pink Floyd concert. Yeah. <laughs> apparently Thrawn's on his way, but he's not here yet. And the witches claim that Sabine is dangerous because she's got the Jedi stink on her. So they send her into another cell. Um, These witches of Dathomir, I don't know if you're old enough to get this reference, and certainly no one outside the central Indiana area will, but the design of these witches looks exactly, exactly like famed late-night TV horror host Sammy Terry. The 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 no. the color of the robes, the exact like face paint on the skin, it's just a huh. uh, it's it's he looks like a warlock of Dathomir, and I I huh. laughed out loud when I first saw them. No fault of their own, but uh, sure. yeah, local local legend Sammy Terry. Um, I thought it was also cool that like this is recognizably the same like the ruins of Dathomir on the other side of the other galaxy except for this is made mm-hmm. like all the rock is polished black marble with like gold filigree. It's a matter of fact it's almost certainly the exact same set that they then weathered and distressed to do the sure, other film. Sure. No, it feels like they're uh, but, portals, right? Like you you could yeah. get from one to the other almost. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool concept. Very Stargatey, right? Like you know especially uh-huh. with uh, Grand Admiral pulling up in his Star Destroyer and parking right on the top of it, just like Ra with his uh, spaceship. But uh, yeah, yeah. it's it is a, it was it was a cool scene. I liked it. Um, I was a little dismayed by this quote unquote cell that they put Sabine in. Like, yeah, okay, if you want to throw maybe Pedro Pascal, like the Mandalorian, into this cell, that might hold him. But Sabine can crawl right out that window. That window is enormous compared to her body. Maybe it's like a sky cell or anytime because I started like trying to figure out because, yeah, anytime you're holding a force user, it's problematic, right? But I'm like, well, it's a witches of Dathomir. They know Jedi. They hate Jedi. They probably have special anti-Jedi security. So maybe it's like a sky cell situation. Sabine only has two midichlorians. So true. A force user, she is not. Uh, Just enough to rub them together and get some force heat, baby. It's what I'm telling you. But she's also also got a slim body. She can get right out that window. True, true. Smaller windows on jail cells. That's my recommendation for Star Wars. I, they keep on cutting to Darth Swanson, like going arr, arr, at them, like you know, mistreating his prisoner or whatnot. But like, I don't know that that actually tracks. You know, because like. How dare you betray this person nakedly instead of dastardly and behind their back like me? Instead Uh, of from a certain point of view, right? Yeah, and he's like smirking it up when she's complaining about her mistreatment. But then there, it's like I don't know. It's it's it's. um, Of course, I don't. Maybe there is is just like a genuine animosity. Like he hates these Dathomiri witches as much as they hate him. Yeah, so he's I'm like, super curious to to talk about that. This next scene is where I kind of want to talk about the bulk ah, of his goals. So let's gotcha. get into that. Um, Balin's feeling uneasy because of the folktale stories he's heard about this place. And Shin says, ah, sometimes stories are just stories. And then he tells her the story of how empires always rise and fall and how he wants to find, according to him, the beginning to finally bring the cycle to an end. And he here is like the most interesting thing in the episode to me because it gives some veiled context to what he's actually trying to do she suggests like oh maybe it's our time to wield power right if this is cyclical let's do this we're ready and he's like you sweet summer child 
I'm not trying to wield power. I'm trying to. I think what he's trying to do is end the cycle. When when he's, he's breaking the wheel, about, I'll, yeah, I'll, essentially I'll, break the wheel. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, match your your Game of Thrones reference with one of my own. He's trying <laughs> uh-huh. to do a Queen Danny thing. Totally, it, it, at least in my opinion, that's what he's doing. And in my idea of of doing that, in the context around which he's talking about this, is like the Jedi Temple, the, the Jedi falling, the Empire rising. It's kind of around the the Force aspect of it a little bit. And in my opinion, I I think he might be trying to attack the Force itself. Like, if the That's Force is causing all these rise and falls, then let's just eliminate the Force, and and that will that will end the cycle. I think there's there's so I have three primary theories. One is yes, he is trying to do something that destroys the force that mm-hmm. just destroys the force as a as a as a force haha in the galaxy um i wish i could reach out and tell him that like hey dude we don't have the force in our galaxy and we fu- we we are we're, we <laughs> yeah we shit things up so bad it's it's you're just you're looking Same to blame cycles. the force just like people blame religion no it's it's just, it's all here it's all here it's all the shit between our ears it's causing this but so that's one thing. The thing is, I don't like about that theory is like I don't think it's any kind of canon Star Wars that the Force traditions or the Force started the witches of Dathomir in some other galaxy. Like Filoni, mm-hmm. that might be a bridge too far for me. Um, but well, I, but maybe he's looking for something that can end it. He's not necessarily going to the place. Like where maybe it a super weapon that they built to kill, like a final kind of kind of solution. The uh, <laughs> to borrow the words of Adolf Hitler for the yeah. Jedi, um, and they're like, the, but obviously they're not using it. Um, it's like a doomsday weapon, and he's going to throw the tree. That's uh, that'd be interesting. It could, uh, it could just second, be a stepping stone with the the Dathomiri, right? It's it's not maybe maybe they didn't start there, but he can use them as a jumping off point to find where it did start. The second possibility, and this is I don't know why, but it's like, you know, I'm I'm using the same kind of context clues. There's a lot of the idea the hyperspace travel started here, you know. Oh, like, is there something he could do to destroy hyperspace lanes? So, like, the whole galaxy is cut off and does he see like it's the galaxy spanning part of the problem but that's just a problem um i don't i don't i don't think that's the case but i think it's an interesting um the final thing the thing i think is the most likely is i think he wants to create a king essentially a jedi kingdom just like the witches of dathomir had on this but he wants a planet uh, where it's just force uh, force people that he can shape into like a good a light sides bastion that's free from all the compromises that the Jedi had to do because they were the the babysitters over a squabbling fractious galaxy. He wants to start over with a, a new galaxy, a clean galaxy, one that's separate that that can be left to be like this perfect utopian society. Um, that's what I think is the most likely, um, especially since he's talking about like admiring the fact that this is the kingdom of the witches and look at what they built and what once was and what hmm. might be again. So I, I wait, what, which of those would you, do you like any of those? Obviously you like the first I, theory. It's yours. Yeah. I'm really on the one where he's trying to actually destroy the force itself. Um, but I don't know. It, it could be, I, I'm curious to see. Let me ask you this. What this galaxy is like though, because they're like, we've explored one planet in a yeah. galaxy and only a, a a single site on that planet right 
Right. What is out there in this galaxy like that might prevent him from achieving his goals? He has no context here. So uh, I'd like to see what he comes up against here. Um, the thing I, the other thing I don't like about the structure of the force is he talks about training Darth Grimes to be something more than a Jedi. Um, which I don't know if that jibes with like the force being destroyed. Yeah. His opinion of the Jedi is that he likes their ideas, but they're weak and they were, they didn't didn't go to fail for it. They didn't go far enough. And I guess the protection of whatever purity or strength their moral authority they had. Cause I, again, I don't think he's like, ha ha ha. I want to be evil. I think he bemoans the fact that the Jedi fell and caused all this. And he's looking for a way to like, get the old Republic going in like a permanent golden age where you never have any more falls, never, no more battle between light and dark. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Cause like the other old star Wars belief is like, that's impossible. Like yeah. the best you can ever hope for is that there, be, that there to be balance. You're never going to out, you know, take all the good or all the bad and, and, and make them ascendant. So yeah. And he could just <laughs> might be, be a fool. Aaron. Yeah. He could just be a fool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, idealistic damned fool idealistic crusader mm-hmm. potentially so i don't know that part really intrigued me uh let's go back over to sabine sitting in her cell trying to contact ahsoka through the force she gives up and instead tries forcing the door open uh just then a star destroyer shows up and docks with the site with as much pomp and circumstance as you can imagine thrawn reveals himself to them apparently it's going to take three days to load the cargo. Uh, the witch is telling that Morgan brought a prisoner, Sabine, and he says she'll be of great use. Ooh, this is, a big, this is another big moment in the episode. Yeah, this is the moment. Like him pulling up the Star Destroyer, this, the For music. Me, yeah. um, I, we talked about like everybody called this out as a reference, this Kintsugi like, um, way to... Uh, both repair and beautify something like the star destroyer you can tell like that was you know ripped apart by space whales and now it's been stitched together with some gold type material uh the stormtrooper's armor is being held uh with the honor guard with gold but the others by these crimson lines where it's been fractured and um it's just and then like i said this is you know other than the unfortunate musk resemblance um I think this is exactly the the kind of Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's he's soft spoken, he's courteous, uh, polite, proper, um, but there's also like a ruthlessness to him that you see towards the end of the episode. Um, and also, just like you get the idea that it's very hard to take him by surprise because he's not going to tell himself unpleasant fictions and un you know uh, and 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 flatter himself and buy into his own ego. In fact, it's like. Early on in the Air at the Empire, there's like this great scene where, you know, everyone's waiting for Thrawn to kill like in a in a very, you know, bad Imperial way, like some underling that's failed him. And he makes the point is like, you know, why, why, why would I ever do that? This is person made a mistake and he's learned from him. he's a better person. Like it's it'd be ridiculous to kill this person. Then he turns to his supervisor mm-hmm. and kills him because he should have trained him better. And this guy <laughs> did this guy committed a sin out of ignorance. The other guy knowingly fucked up his job. So it's like. I don't know. I, I just hmm. I, th- I always thought Thrawn is great, and in just like the five or ten minutes we get of him in this episode, it feels like uh, this the Scarsguard brother here is is going to nail him. Yeah, seems like it. 
uh, I, honestly, it's not what I expected Thrawn to look like, uh, aside from the blue skin, red eyes. I, what were you thinking? I, I expected Thrawn to have a more of a physical presence to him, like a like a, a jawline at least. Let's get let's get a man with a jawline. Mm. He he's very like contoured in a weird way you know <laughs> he he does not look as threatening as i imagined he would i thought the uniform does a lot of work i thought oh, he looks sure, really yeah. good that's an exceptionally well-cut uniform and he does look he doesn't look physically imposing but that's not his deal he looks formidable mm-hmm. but like in a like a button-down calculating kind of way yeah in an intellectual uh, way uh and that that could definitely work it's just you know on first sight i was surprised uh, but I do yeah. like that you mentioned his uniform. It's it's a little threadbare in some spots um, because he's been out here for a while. Just it's it's still bright white. You can mm-hmm. tell that he he has not let down his guard as far as protecting his uniform, and you know he's doing the best he can with it. Um, and then there's this Enoch character who is like I guess the leader of his troops here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wearing the this mask the with the golden face, uh, evoking you know like Roman, ancient Roman era par- parade mm-hmm. helmets. I guess I I don't know exactly what these are for, but they're I, I got they were more ceremonial than they were for actual battle. It is kind of like very Roman, Greco-Roman, but it's also very... Uh, Japanese as well. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say East. It's very East Asian, or I guess, is that West Asian? This, no, this particular Asian, face yeah. looks very Roman in its sculpting, as opposed to the, the Japanese armor like this used to look more monstrous, I'd say, more intimidating, mm-hmm. right? This is more regal and, and supposed right. to it's supposed to impress people, not scare people. Yeah. It looks a lot like the gladiator uh, from the the big the big you know the guy who wears a silver silver mask gladiator, gladiator. kind of look, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah I thought I thought it's it's a neat it's it's such a rest it's a, such an arresting thing to see a stormtrooper with this golden face. Yeah, um, it's Super instantly cool recognizable design. as like this commander centurion unit, but also visually reads as a stormtrooper. And then, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like I was, that's the, that's the the masterstroke of all this is this like you look at it for thirty seconds and you get this whole thing. Like they'll later tell you about oh, you know, we're we've been not resupplied for decades, and it's you know we are, our numbers are dwindled. It's been hard out there, but like everything about the visual design screams this ex this this exile running low on on men and materials and morale it's very cool mm-hmm. and i i've been trained i guess by i don't know my own brain commentary uh to see ezra in every corner and every shadow and i'm like oh enoch enoch uh, is ezra you know of course it's, it's not f- but. It's funny because I wonder if I'd have come onto that theory if they hadn't shown his face at the end. <laughs> That's uh-huh. why, you know, you'd uh-huh. have to, right? Right. Um, I, there's a couple things as, as far as the plot here. Any ideas of what cargo they're transferring from the crypts and catacombs of the the Great Mothers into Admiral Thrawn's Star Destroyer? Uh... We later see that they're coffin-shaped, like cryopod-looking. Yeah, I guess nothing that isn't inspired by potentially out-of-date spoilers. 
Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk so about I the will... heir to the empire tie? Because I kind of would like to, not maybe now, but maybe in between now and feedback, to talk about like what this this might be. Sure, because I'm I'm curious about it. I I don't recall the details of this stuff, but I definitely have an idea as to what those might be. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would like to discuss it maybe here at the end. Okay, we'll we'll set it we'll set up for that. Cool. Uh, also, uh, what did you think about Thrawn's knowing look at uh, Darth Swanson, saying that uh, you're not the first to part with the Jedi? Uh, is this in like the next half of the scene where Sabine is there or this uh -uh. okay Uh, I don't know what to make of that Hmm. yeah I don't either I just like I wonder if this is some because I never know if this is something teasing to come or this is a knowing like nod to rebels like a lot of Mm -hmm. times I get that it's like well I know I'm supposed to pick it but I'm not, not sure this is a wink to rebels fans or this is like foreshadowing for something to come or as it frequently is sometimes both yeah, totally. But I noticed it. All right, let's bring Sabine into the scene here. She's brought before Thrawn. He says he intends to honor Balin's deal with her, then releases her, gives her supplies to go find Ezra. But she needs to get back before three days, otherwise she'll be stranded there. Uh, there's a little, you know, back and forth between them, a little jabbing with words. It just seems so ineffective, because, like, right now Thrawn is... It's... it's it... It reminded me of like when you're trying to insult something, someone that's just like too stupid to get it. You know, like he's like, "Oh, okay. you risked, you threw away the entire galaxy on a selfish thing." She's like, "Yeah, something you could never understand." And he's just like, "Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I would never, ever, ever do what you just did. I would uh-huh. never, ever, ever hand my mortal enemies a decisive win for some purely personal concern. And I will never. You're right, Sabine. I will never understand what makes you tick." And her, mm. like, "Hmm, I gotcha." Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think well, so. I don't just, think you were. They value different things, you know. Um, yeah, trillions of very different power over. Trillions of people's lives versus, oh, man, when I think about this guy and him not being here, it's sad. And also, in the span of a human lifetime, he's going to die eventually. So I've mortgaged myself a few years of potential bliss with him and a galaxy in flames for said galaxy in flames. I, uh-huh. Yeah, there, I just like if, 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 if Sabine is not treated as one of the greatest traitors and monsters in the galaxy. With, I mean, she could be redeemed. Fucking Anakin was. But mm. that's the level of betrayal we're talking about, like stomping up to the Jedi Order, murdering younglings, et cetera, et cetera. This is bad stuff. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I certainly agree. But from her perspective, she did get him, you know, like, you know, uh, you have no personal connections to anyone. Uh, that's something she values deeply. And so it is an insult to say that he would never make that choice. I don't know. That seems a little... I mean, he seems like he's perfectly friendly with Lady Morgan and the Great Mothers. He's got a, a full, rich life with Enoch and his fractured stormtroopers. Oh, yeah. Him like, and Enoch knocking back beers. Oh, yeah. They got... <laughs> sitting out there with the Purgles knocking back beers. <laughs> they got a Ted Lasso-style Force Wolf Club where they talk about their uh-huh. relationships. Uh-huh. And oh, 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 Dave Filoni <laughs> loves it. Loves it. He really... Yeah, him yeah. and a Howler are out there just... <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. It up. 
between him, you know, pressing his uniform and murdering his inferiors for mistakes. Did, did you did you get screeners? How how are you dropping these plot <laughs> details from episode eight? I just <laughs> is this hideous. Speaking of howlers, is this hideous beast that they give her better or worse than a dire wolf in Game of Thrones <sighs> from a from a technical perspective? I mean, I okay. It seems as if they were identical. Like a same here. I thought so. Yeah, they're they're just a slightly more Doctor Seussian version of a dire wolf. Uh huh. L- a little blurry around the edges, just like a Game of Thrones dire wolf. Little like yes, you split the middle from a war uh, of a, a warg from Lord of the Rings and a mm-hmm. dire wolf in in the Game of Thrones, and and you got the a howler. Yeah. Uh, so, so this next sequence, and I kind of grouped the Howler stuff in here from like a what is a separate scene because I don't think they should have done as many cuts as they did. I if I had one complaint about this episode, that's it. They cut back and forth too much, and it made the entire narrative on each side of the cuts feel a little disjointed or, or feel mm. a little repetitive. I guess, um, especially with the the stuff around. Thrawn and and Morgan's concern about Sabine. It all felt like we were rehashing stuff over and over again. Uh, and even shots like where the unleashing of Sabine and the unleashing of Darth Swanson and Grimes are kind of the same. So it's like maybe and you and then you yeah, go, cut from that together, to right? Grand Admiral Thrawn where he gets told exactly what we just saw and it's like well you could just skip that scene. It's like you know yeah, my lord totally. the the mercenaries have been released and then you then when Balin shows up on her train oh, yeah you're you're right I think you're right. It's a little disjointed because of the cuts, but, uh, you know, that's a minor complaint, ultimately. Yeah. Beware the Sith. We will return. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. Well, some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Are you hearing voices too? Welcome back to Tribe of Two. Uh, so let's go to the next 
part of the scene where Thrawn instructs Phelan and Shin to follow Sabine and destroy them both if she finds them. So we see that, you know, Thrawn is not going to honor the deal. It, it, and, and I don't know if that bothers Balin because he also seems like he's not going to honor the deal over the course of this episode. It's just it, he's he's not fine with like the callous way that he's doing this that's what i'm saying like it seems like this is all part of balen's deal too so like i don't understand why he's doing all this like oh this is distasteful business or maybe i mean it might genuinely be distasteful Mm -hmm. i can't i don't understand because what thrawn says to me ultimately rings true like especially well until they find out there's a jedi riding in the mouth of a hyperspace capable whale at the end of the episode but like Mm -hmm. he makes this point several times like look Whatever happens to Bean or Rin or uh, Grimes or Swanson, I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm out of this galaxy in two and a half days, and these guys can stay here and play if they want. That seems like it. It's unclear to me why anyone's investing the time and effort to hunt down Sabine or Ezra. Hmm. It it seems like it's more. And then I think everyone asks that. Like, keep people keep on saying, like, why the fuck did we bring these people? Why the fuck did you bring these people? Who are these people that you brought? And Balin's always like, oh, they're going to be useful to us. They're going to be useful to us. Like, it has to be something that suits his end. Balin's end. Yeah. I'm having a hard time foreseeing how killing Sabine and Ezra would bring it into force, hyperspace, or help start unless he's going to keep a bunch of young jedi quasi jedi uh captive for breeding purposes i i did this create his new perfect jedi order i i don't understand how it all connects but clearly it does yeah that's what i wonder is uh, you know thrawn sends balin and shin to destroy them but i don't think that's necessarily balin's goal i don't think he wants to destroy ezra and it's not thrawn's either Thrawn well, he didn't even specifically th- tells him to like eh, if he finds her or if if she finds Ezra kill them both you know I, th- there seems like a little bit of a personal vendetta here with Thrawn I'm sure like Thrawn would love to kill Ezra mm-hmm. because he yeah because but Balin you know, has but, different plans I think I, he wants to use them more than right. kill them Th- Thrawn would not slow down or stop on the highway to run Ezra over Sure. But if he's in his lane, he absolutely would. Like, he might even swerve a bit, but he's not going to uh-huh. stop or divert his to do it. Like, you know, so like, yeah, that's you're right. Like, it was it was given as if Balin is the one who or I'm sorry, the Thrawn is the one that wanted this all done. But like Thrawn had no idea this side quest even existed when they showed up. So it's like I, I thought it was weird because like the way he phrases like you may follow like it's almost like, yeah, I don't this is your plan i'm i'm providing you with the mounts and stuff for my materials necessary to do it but like it's more like he's acquiescing than ordering but you thought mm-hmm. it felt like more of an order than it than it feels like the opportunity to get ezra presented itself and thrawn yeah. took it and he's giving over two squads of his guys right yeah it's not a ton of guys but it's certainly resources he could use to get the hell out of here faster so there is Possibly. some element of like i'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of speed here in order to get another thing i want which is ezra dead 
What evidence do you have that it's because like I got that where the part of the tension between him and Morgane when she asked him to send more than one squads is like he is unwilling to commit anything to will sac- sacrifice his greater objective. So like these are like, well, it's two squads because I can spare uh-huh. that without slowing me down. But he can't. I mean, if he had two more squads working, it would inevitably speed him uh, up. I guess right? two like, more squads of stormtroopers yeah, can, can carry that many coffins full of exactly, night sisters yeah. or whatever the fuck so is happening So he is here, sacrificing yeah. something. It's just a, a sacrifice he deems appropriate based yeah. on the goal I'll, of I'll killing Ezra. Two squads of stormtroopers to kill Ezra and settle the score. Yeah. I, but I, no uh, more, right? Because then yeah. I would be sacrificing too much speed for my taste. What I thought is interesting even more than Darth Swanson is Darth Grimes seems bothered by this. Do you think she yeah, sees yeah. this is the first time she sees her master as being anything more less than noble? Do you think that she finds like she well, really wants to beat Sabine, but she wants to do it like. And if, I, I don't know, because like I can't I can't really reconcile maybe the her being disappointed in her master being like duplicious. Hmm. Like she didn't understand her master dragging his girl to this and letting and and helping her on her quest, but like she's like, well, okay. And now that he's kind of like reneging in the spirit of the, it's like bothers her. It's possible. I don't. I don't know why she would be so worried about this because in my mind she's a little bit jealous that Sabine has not been killed already. And and that maybe he's like Balance sort of taking her under his wing in a strange way. Um and so she should want to kill Sabine quickly. I'm wondering if I, this is what I hope is not true, but it could be, and I'd understand if it was. Um I wonder if some of these like reactions are from a part of the production before uh Ray died. And that they had to make some changes to the end to kind of like wrap, mm-hmm. like so, so there were a little bit more threads of stuff, but they they couldn't do that anymore, so they had to wrap because like, or it, it could be that they're just like there is going to be perfectly legitimate and understandable explanation for all this. We just haven't got to that yet. But if there is a little bit of messiness mm-hmm. in the storyline, I'd be one. I'd be inclined to believe, uh, you know, behind the scenes production problems caused by a main character dying unexpectedly. And like, oh, yeah. shit, what can we do with the stuff we've got here in the editing bay to kind of like clean this up? And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see if any of the the misgivings that seems like these not Jedi have about working with the, the shit bags they're working with are going to bear fruit. All right, let's go to Sabine, who's out in the wilderness. She's attacked by bandits and her howler runs off. Bandits her. And she manages to defeat her attackers anyway. Uh, okay, I said I had one problem with the episode, one minor complaint. I have two. Oh. And th- this becomes a major complaint at some point. Random jabronis in another <laughs> galaxy uh-huh. have cobbled together... They're bandits. They're cobbled together armor, cobbled together weaponry, able to block a lightsaber. Did we just happen to stumble onto a planet with a bunch of Beskar? Wait, when did they block? Because I just saw her cutting through their shit, their armor, their staffs. At the end, she cuts through a staff, but it definitely blocks a couple of blows, too. Huh. I was looking for this specifically because I couldn't believe what I saw. (laughs) 
Well, you see, Jim, the witches of Dathomir uh, long battled the Jedi, and they have there's a naturally occurring uh, mineral that uh, is is on this planet, and it's super dense, mm-hmm. and its molecular structure disrupts the plasma blade as it passes, and it's it's not completely proof, but it's like you know wearing asbestos underwear in a fire. It's just going to help you out a little bit. Sure, that's that's a Wik- Wikipedia article, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it just blows my mind how depowered the coolest part of Star Wars, the lightsaber, yeah. has become. It's a yeah. joke. It's a fucking joke. Blame all the video I games, it. I think, because you, you know, if you ever, if you had a video game where you actually had a realistic Jedi Master, it just like it would mm-hmm. be some kind of uh, insane psychopath simulator. Hey, we we talked about Rebel scanners. With uh-huh. Hera. You can tell this ain't no rebel scanner. Because if it was a rebel scanner, it would be three times bigger. Its battery mm-hmm. would half last as long. And it would have survived being cut in half. You duct tape that <sighs> shit back together and it will fucking scan. Uh-huh. This is this is Imperial tech. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> small but delicate. It's, uh, not, it's I, not massive and rugged. I, I want to pr- actually because you know I'm a lightsaber guy. I I kind of admire the fighting style of, of Sabine. I really like this kind of blended Mandalorian physicality, blasters and lightsaber, mm-hmm. um, and and her having to like go to the lightsaber because she was overmatched with the blasters. I the one and I know we talk about this in the Mandalorian. It is not cool when people wearing Beskar constantly take otherwise fatal hits to their Beskar armor. Like, it really is not cool, guys. Like, maybe once or twice a season it can save the day. But, like, it, I just think it's, it's super stupid to watch these guys, like a hero, just tank all these short-range blaster shots and... I don't mm. know. Do do the Wonder Woman bracelet deflection thing. I, I I just wish they'd tone that down. And again, it's a problem on the Mandalorian too. Uh, well, these bandits, the the focusing lenses on their blasters are slightly detuned. Oh yeah, from years of uh, hard living on yeah this planet. You know, really? Yeah, Wikipedia article number two. Some kind of crystal, probably that 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 is powered by Tabana gas, and it's just like you sure. know, mm-hmm. they're t- Tabana gas a little weak. <laughs> yeah, your your Tabana gas cylinder gets low on your blaster, and you, you know you got to swap it out, but you can't do it mid fight. I saw, the, I actually saw that Wikipedia article. I think it had a Legends tag, but what what do you know? What what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move over to Balin and Shan again. They right after Sabine. And then Morgan wants to send everything Thrawn's got after Sabine and possibly Ezra if they find him. But Thrawn only sends two squads because they need the rest to load the cargo. And, you know, we talked about how the editing makes us a little weird. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand his concern here. You know, he wants to get out of here as fast as possible. But there's a hint of the personal in here, too. Well, like, I'm talking about speaking of the fucker who stranded me here. With the the hint of the personal, what about Lady Morgan here? Uh, do you think she cares one way or another about getting Ezra? Because she's got a certain look on her face about you know Thrawn's lack of committing or whatnot, and it seems like uh, I, I couldn't tell if she's like I I don't know which read is correct. Does she hate Balin and is only using him reluctantly 
to to achieve her goals does she admire Balin and uh, is chagrined that uh, they're they're potentially you know going to get him killed by not giving him enough support how do you feel like she feels because it she, seems I like, feel like it was more about Sabine like once the Dathomiri said hey she's important she's dangerous she's got the stink of the Jedi on her that's maybe Morgan took that to heart and said we have to destroy Sabine but Thrawn had already like released her yeah I felt like there's a there's like two there's like um the great mothers who just fucking hate Jedi and distrust mm-hmm. them and don't like them at all and Thrawn's that same way too because you know he doesn't care much for Jedi and then you've got obviously <laughs> the Jedi and the not quite uh-huh. Jedi the former Jedi but she seems like somewhere in the middle she's not as hardline yeah as the great mothers but then the great mothers say she's a credit to dathomir so i i don't know i just like I, there was a couple you know like I, I said with the darth grimes and with um some of these other characters uh darth darth swanson i'm just not quite sure emotionally where they're at with what's going on maybe she's just a main character with nothing to do at the moment and mm. so you throw a scene in here with something for her to say because yeah. like her goal is accomplished she found Thrawn they're on You're the right. way back like she has nothing to do now yeah and in fact all like even the great mothers essentially are you know anytime Grand Admiral asks them something they're like ah destiny fates us to serve your Grand Admiral and it's like well mm-hmm. you guys are entirely just add-on functionaries to Thrawn at this point. You're right. He, they've, they've passed the plot narrative, so there's a bunch of powerful characters that no longer have anything to do other than die or, I don't know, take a minor role as a big bad in the spinoff. Sure. I do wonder if Thrawn's going to take any witches with him. Witches might come in handy. You know, if he goes back to the galaxy we know, that, that might be handy. Oh, yeah, they burn well. You can... You know, when it's he's knocking tw- back beers with the Purgles, you need a fire going, right? Yeah, you get 20, 30 light years per witch uh, at the rate they burn oh, in the reactor. Okay. You know, they're uh-huh. just uh, really Ooh. good that way. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what comes of Morgan, I guess, because I don't know where she goes from here. Uh, Sabine is pissed at the Howler for running during the fight and she tries to send it back where it came from but it follows her until she gives another chance then the Howler picks up a scent and they ride off toward it it leads them to a creature disguised as a rock and that creature recognizes her Mandalorian symbol and shows her its matching necklace she asks if they know Ezra and they start leading her somewhere to me this scene is the price you pay to get family star wars entertainment and i'll happily pay it like this is not an offensive it's cute it's well designed it's It's pretty long it is a little long but like you know this is the thing yeah this is the this is what the five and six year olds really like you know i suppose i was getting a little foot tap as as an owner operator of one 10 years ago i'm telling you like they that shit like where the adults call out like uh the fact that this alien's trying to hide in the exact same way twice like that trick ain't gonna wear all they eat that shit up they love that shit yeah because they're they're like oh that was me three years ago and i didn't understand object permanence a fucking idiot and they're like you know (laughs) Also blame, blaming your howler for abandoning you. That's probably fine. Right, yeah, it's like when you blame your, bro- your, your kid sister or brother for doing some shit. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like I said, I thought it was cute. I actually like these hermit crab people. I think they're pretty cool. I don't know 
if I'm like long term going to be enamored with them, I don't know if they're going to like. That's the other thing. I like every time I see something like this, I'm like, oh god, how am I going to feel about dozens of these taking down stormtroopers? Because inevitably, <laughs> that's the fate of young quasi animal sidekick species in this universe. Uh, I want them to be like gremlins, where they have this dark side. This <laughs> it, it comes out at night or whatever, you know. Yeah, like eight of them swarm. They pop up the ground, uh-huh. swarm a stormtrooper, and just tear them apart. You and know? then, it, like, they part, and it's just bones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all the <laughs> shells just cover and just scream, and just empty, bloody shells spin, spill out from the pile. And they're like, still with this super cute, you give a thumbs up, blood dripping from their mm-hmm. shellura or their pedipulps. Give a that thumbs up. That doesn't sound like Disney to me. But no. What do I know? Uh,. <laughs> uh yeah but i it's um it's pretty it's 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 fine it's fine you know it's a, it's my a only way complaint is it's a little long but whatever yeah. especially that's the thing about like it's really belabored um i, I man feloni must really like the species he's created because if this is a little long her long trail through their encampment when you know at the end it's going to be Ezra I felt that one was a super like oh my god like already (laughs) that's interesting yeah 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 imagine in Reporter of the Jedi if there was like a five minute scene of like Luke and Han going into the Ewok camp you know looking at the Ewoks raising their children and oh they're cooking on a fire and oh they're weaving their nets there and oh they're building some traps and oh they're doing and then then you finally after that the uh, Princess Leia comes up and says oh yay what's up took you long yeah, enough they do that it's just like 30 seconds instead that's of, what I'm saying yeah yeah five minutes like we already know what's happening here and it's like there's no reason for us to feel this affection for these creatures and to get this. It's just, it's just, they're just really slow blowing you on the Ezra reveal. And yeah, if you're a Rebel fan, maybe maybe that uh, that type of uh, extended blowing is is appreciated, warranted. But me, I'm just like, yes, I get it, I get it. This is Ezra. Mm-hmm. Bring bring his tune looking ass out. Let me see it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back to Balin and Shin real quick. They reach the spot where Sabine killed the bandits. Shin asks if Balin misses the Jedi Order. Eh, some parts of it, at least the idea of it. And he says something here calls to him, though. Uh, and the Jedi were were weak. Uh, this party doesn't miss. More bandits arrive, and they plan to befriend them, I guess. I don't know. They're the Noti. The, the subtitles let me know creatures. that they're they're yeah. the Noti, they're mm-hmm. they're not identified by name at any point in the episode. But I like to, I like to call them the Naughty. The Naughty. They actually might be yeah. uh, again since they and it's like is that what they call themselves? Probably. Although they have clicks and and it's hums and stuff for their language. Pretty so humany, no. pretty yeah. humany sound and speech from crab people. I would say though, I was expecting yeah. a lot more wet clicks and chitterings and you know vibrations sure, and but... hissing and striations from from a, a crab people but uh mm. you know they're essentially ewoks they speak like ewok i like, I like the materials they're made of seems like there's some kind of iridescent like mollusk-esque mm-hmm. kind of quality to them 
the whole look and feel of these people reminded me a lot of like the Harfoots, the proto hobbits on the uh, Amazon Rings of Power series. You know, they've got these. Mm-hmm. They're very secretive. They, uh, their their whole g- uh, deal is they hide out of sight from larger threats. So they like, roam. You know, yeah, they don't stay in one place very long. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cross cultural pollination going on in science fiction fantasy right now. We we've already talked about these rock creatures. Let's talk about Balin and Shin. What did you think of this scene? Um, Balin and Shin. What I Where think of he, this? He's talking scene. about the Jedi Order, and you know what's ah uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What's bad about it? Uh, what does he mean when he says he likes the idea of it? Because he also says he, he doesn't like the weakness that they portrayed. I think he likes the idea of paragons of justice and goodness defending the galaxy, and he thinks the weakness was the Jedi's inability to to protect themselves from in like they like I I'm is he one of those like they respected democracy too much? Like you know, like sure. they saw this this weirdo taking over and instituting martial law and and building up an army, and they d- uncritically went along with it, even though they had misgivings. And if they, don't, yeah, I, I think that he's a woulda, coulda, shoulda Jedi. That like if only he were the master in charge of the order, he would have been smart enough to see through that, and he would have arrested the right people. And you know, the idea like of, but I don't know. He's also says he's a student in history. So maybe he's got a systemic critiques and that's like, he mm-hmm. wants to institute a perfect society, but you know what? Not a good history of that. You know, if you're a student in history, not a great, great track record for people intentionally trying to generate and, and create a utopia. So <laughs> that's, that's, and that's why I lean really heavy on him wanting to start like a, a his perfect society because he's talking about, you know, it's like, well, I, I never saw a future with the Jedi. It was inevitable they'd collapse. And she's like, well, you see one here. And he's like, what I saw once is the, the once great witch kingdom of Dathomir. And the other thing about fleeing a power greater than my own, there's something called, like, I, I got so many ideas, but they're, they're again, it's all, it's all filtered through 30-year-old hit, uh, memories mm-hmm. of reading Heir to the Empire. So we probably need the, mm-hmm. the wait on that one, too, till we get to the little spoiler section we're gonna have okay we do that uh he, t- he talks about what kind of jedi ezra is he's a, b- a bakken B- boken jedi Boken. essentially yeah. ones that are trained just kind of willy-nilly after the jedi temple fell uh he's he's one of the new breed of jedi i thought that was interesting it's a neat little piece of world building apparently it's created new from the show and it's uh, Filoni seems to be doing this a lot, taking real life words from like Japanese culture. Boken is a wooden training sword, mm-hmm. and he's like, there's this like this like um, he's he's the same way that you might say a knight is a hedge knight in Game of Thrones. Like, oh, he's yeah, he's a knight. He got knighted once, but he's got no lord or master, no lands. You know, he's a hedge mm-hmm. knight because he sleeps under a hedge on the side of the road rather than in a castle like a proper knight should. And him kind of like you know. Jedi Knights are trained at the Jedi Temple and they had real practice laser swords and they had droids and they had this and that and these like hedge knights with their wooden wooden swords and we saw Sabine being trained with one of those Boken wooden mm-hmm. swords so it's like I, I thought it was, it was nice like he's dismissively talking about all these like Luke Skywalker would be a Boken Jedi right uh, technically yeah he was trained. trained under any organization yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I think it's uh, it's neat him disparaging someone like the Wino has got this huge impact. I mean, he's the one to overthrow the, Gal- the, the Galactic Empire. And he's, uh, mm-hmm. 
disparaging them. But it's also interesting like, about what he's trying to do with Darth Grind, make her something greater than a Jedi. What yeah. what's that? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what he's thinking. Because if a Sith tells me that, I'm thinking, well, he just wants to make you a Sith. But like, I don't know that the, I don't know how to label this guy. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we get there by the end of the season. Uh, so Sabine is taken to the rock creature camp, the Nodi camp, uh, where she's reunited with Ezra. He asks how she found him, but she says, ah, we'll talk about that later. And he says, he can't wait to go home. She says, ah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's that's the delicious part of the scene is like as happy as uh-huh. you are to see these people reunited. And it's, you know, it's like um, not overly demonstrative. But like it felt it felt right from what I understand of their characters um, and then they embrace mm-hmm. and they're very happy. But like, yeah, un- honestly, he's got all these questions and she can't give him a single satisfying answer because she knows this is a bad idea. She like I, I feel like I already know what he's going to say. Like, what the fuck? I killed I uh, was willing to kill myself to take this guy out of the galaxy and you brought him back. And now Mm -hmm. we're together, but we can't go home. We can't see any of our friends. Like, this was not, this was literally for you. No one else. None of our other friends. None of my, the people I left at home. None of, none of the people in Loth. Like, it's literally, I I don't, like, it's got to be, it's got to be a big, massive breach in their relationship. Yeah. And I think that's compelling and interesting. Um, I think, you know, for all the stuff that we've been pointing at Sabine and saying, God, I can't believe she's like this. This is a huge mistake. I think the show is about to bring that back around right now. When yeah. I do too. I have faith. The person whose opinion she values the most is going to tell her she was wrong to do it. Like Ahsoka can say that all day and she's just going to ignore her. Mm-hmm. But for Ezra to say it to her face after she saved him and say it wasn't worth it. And in yeah. fact, this is like, this is not something you did that that makes me proud it's dishonoring the sacrifice that i had come to terms with the sacrifice i had made it's yeah i there's no other way this goes you know and the fact that she's stranded on a planet that's steeped in the dark side like i think there's a lot of things that are pointing to a at least a short term Mm kind of heel turn for sabine here yeah, and I think it could result in some character growth, which I hope. Um, you know, maybe not be so single-minded about things. Maybe to take a more holistic approach. And it also fits in so well with Ahsoka's character. If you want to go with the Star Wars kind of rhyming uh, lyrical nature of its storytelling, is that you know Ahsoka, who was raised by this this master who fell to the dark side, is later redeemed. Uh, she is raising, you know, trying to train her. Her Padawan falls to the dark side, needs to be redeemed. Like the fact that she's like, like the the bridge of redemption on both sides of this, and Anakin saying there might be hope for you. Like it, it seems like there's a, there are a lot of preparing her for have this, and I know that also. Yes, I wish I wish I didn't. I wish I I actually know too much uh, to properly enjoy this. I know that like Filoni's got. A whole arc of uh, Mando that's going to lead up to, I think, either a trilogy of movies or a Thrawn movie. So it's like they're, you know, and these are all these would all be excellent hooks to lay that on. Uh, mm. Some kind of resurged, uh, resurgent, uh, neutral Jedi Order 
uh, you know, Sabine as a this, this powerful dark side user that finally gets access to the force through her giving in to her anger and to her, and it's all going to be fueled by her friend's rejection of her sacrifice and the weight of. I mean, it's yeah, I, it's it sounds cool, honestly, as I'm saying it. Um, sure. So let's yeah, but I imagine there's a lot of like rebel fans like covering their ears, but oh no, not because like yeah, it'd be like Luke Skywalker having a a dark side stint, you know, mm-hmm. that's not fun to think about there are probably a lot of people watching the prequels for the first time going no annie why are you doing this right true but yeah in the larger arc it's very satisfying uh and then the great mothers call thrawn to say that ahsoka is on the way and thrawn demands to know everything about ahsoka and tells Morgan to destroy any approaching star whales with prejudice. Um, and he seems to be shitting all over Balin here. You know, he was once a Jedi. We must regard him as flawed. It's interesting. That's the other thing that they never, like as an adult, uh, thinking about Thrawn, um, sometimes it comes across Zahn's work as... Uh, you know one of those things like you know a little bit about tactics uh it can be dangerous and strategy because it's like you know if thrawn's whole big deal is he won't ever discount a threat until he's personally assured that it's not a threat or whatever that's another way of saying someone's going to be paralyzed by indecision Mm -hmm. because how can you rule out like there's there's a fair amount of like especially tactics and strat that's it's about daring like I think I have sure. a material advantage here. The intel is sketchy, but I just like this is, and people to wait until their certainty are are going to. But like I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. He's right, and he's always going to be right because he's 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 written by the writers to be. Uh, I just yeah. wonder how do you properly prepare for a Jedi? You know, um, I don't really know. You get some Force users on your side. I suppose to fight them when they do show up. Jordy has, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm curious Kinda, to see, but I, I don't know if he's on because that's the thing about his comment here about Balin. You know, he was once shy. He's flawed. I, I don't think he trusts Balin to be that guy. Like if if Jedi's did show up to try and defeat him, I don't know that he thinks Balin has his back. I that's what I'm saying. I think the unspoken thing here is that he, there's a non-zero chance in Thrawn's mind that Balin's in on all this. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, uh, that like, but but also, or at it's the like, very least, he doesn't, he's not to be trusted, right? But how do you 100, 100% uncritically trust the witches of Dathomir, right? Sure, uh huh. I mean, just because they're saying the threat of destiny demands it, Grand Admiral, like, yeah, they want off of this planet, they want off this planet real yeah, bad from a certain point of view. The threat of destiny demands it, they're willing to blow a lot of blue sunshine up your ass, Thrawn, uh, because they, but like. Yeah, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe he, with Enoch, he has a conversation where he doesn't trust anybody. But yeah, yeah, and the the death and resurrection of games played by both witch and Jedi, very true. Hmm. Hmm. It. Uh, like I said I. It feels like there's four or five episodes left of plot, and they only have two. So I'm wondering if they have a way to bring this particular storyline to a really satisfying conclusion. If this is going to feel like a Dune Part One situation, where you're really just waiting for Mandalorian to tell the rest of the story, and this bore, you know, that's the thing. I'm 
this hasn't really felt like with the exception of last episode i don't feel like this has felt like an ahsoka show it's felt like a sabine show much more so i i don't know what's gonna happen with the trilogy of movies that they supposedly want to do centered around thrawn like how do you tell a story that goes on from here that doesn't get delayed by waiting for three fucking movies you know and is Ahsoka next season just going to be like, well, we dealt with the Sabine and Thrawn stuff. Now let's have Ahsoka go do other things. And then they're going to hold all that stuff for the trilogy. These are the same questions we were asking about the Mandalorian. And yeah, we know how that turned out. It was kind of fucked up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't trust and- him to thread this stuff logically or interestingly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to compare this to like what Marvel did on the, uh, um, on the Thanos side. And it's like Thanos was teased for a long time before he actually, you know, and you 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 got the mm-hmm. Infinity Stones. But like once they got the like Thanos, like when Thanos came, it, that was like the the thing that they dealt with until it was over, right? Yeah. Whereas like if they do that, like okay, yeah, you could have a five, four or five series movie build up to the thing that you actually want to say. But like they've already revealed Thrawn in too big of a way. Yeah. Like, I will not accept him returning to the Star Wars galaxy and just chilling for a couple of movies in the background. Um, mm-hmm. Although maybe they, they they will be good, you know, like he'll be back, but the New Republic will be like, oh, he's just one admiral with one Star Destroyer. How big of a threat could he be? And they just like let him fester into the galaxy and they don't take and it he seriously. He's returned. Power. Yeah. Starts so, like, okay, I've just talked myself into it. They could totally do that. And you and, just get like these whispers. But, but they've done too res- much on the. I feel like they've done too much in that regard too, because a lot a of these bit. series have been about the power the, the already shadow. consolidated, just waiting for him to return. So like, yeah, I don't know. So maybe they, like I said, they're 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 going to be ready for this. Because I, you, we, I, I want to correct myself. I haven't heard a trilogy of movies. I've heard that there will this will finish in one theatrical release. Oh, okay, that sounds a lot oh, easier. It'll culminate. To pull off. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know how many series is going to warm its way through either. Whether it's gotcha. going to be, you know, touched on a Mandalorian, another season of Ahsoka, and then the, but I, you know, I, like I said, th- this is set up to be pretty compelling, uh, pretty accurate to my understanding of Thrawn. I am willing to see how this season plays out, and assuming that they don't completely shit the bed, which I find very unlikely at this point, I will be in for following this plot wherever it goes to as many seasons, so many seasons of television I have to watch. Gotcha. And that's the thing. Yeah. I guess if they're going to, like, it, it, that, it, maybe now they got their shit together and they're going to force me to watch Star Wars as long as it's good. As long as it's this good, as long as it never gets worse than The Mandalorian, I, I think I'll be fine with that. And I'm engaged with the storyline. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll still be a lot more in, in, the, in the mode of, like, an Andor for sure. I think this stuff is okay. It's just not my cup of tea uh especially when like ahsoka's been fairly good i would say with like the exception of one episode maybe the third episode has been pretty solid and the third episode is like this episode without thrawn um you know it's like kind of like this you set you know transitioning to the next storyline getting everything you know getting everybody on the same piece of the board so 
I, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I think this would be kind of fine, like baseline Mandalorian fine. But I think episodes four and five elevated it. And uh, if if seven and eight pay off, like the, you know, we had a, a slow kind of ho-hum third that set up the four, four or five. If six does the same thing mm-hmm. for seven, eight, and a, like we could be in for a real damn treat, man. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I do. You're, hope they... you're <laughs> you are wise to not lower your defenses. I, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get uh-huh. it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my heart a little bit on my sleeve. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the show at this point. Yeah. If if Filoni slays me, I'm not coming back as a Force ghost this time. As a Star Wars ghost, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Can't Sorry. do it. Fool Only me so once many... with the prequels. Shame on you. Fool me twice with whatever they're doing here only so many times these kids can summon you back to the swamps of dagobah to sit on a log and talk to them about their star wars (laughs) canon you're just like you know what (laughs) yeah i'm i'm done i'm done don't don't summon me unless you want that pain (laughs) and they were really right on that border man between like obi-wan which obi-wan i didn't even watch because Andor, Gar- Andor completely fucking turned it around. It's the only thing that brought me back. Like Mandalorian yeah. season two wasn't enough to do it, and the book of Boba Fett just shit on my yeah, love for Star it, Wars. It, and then it, there was Obi Wan, but then Andor, and I'm like, yes, Star Wars can be good. My last flicker of Star Wars fanboy was guttering out, and then mm-hmm. and, and, and then it was like looking pretty bad starting season, uh, episode three of of Andor even because. Oh, but I know you didn't on, like the oh, early man. goings, but I didn't. I still maybe I, I understand to... why not. But I, man, I was hooked right away with that show. I need to go back and rewatch the first couple because, like, you know, I was antagonistic. I was going stuff. in. I, 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 I think was, you're right. It's too I was, much. and I and I'll admit it. I was fucking around on my cell phone. I was in there. Like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch three episodes. Go on OTC and say this is another bullshit, mediocre Star Wars, and I'm well shot of it. But instead, at the end of three, I said, Jim. I went to the gym. I'm like, Jim. Yeah, just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they dragged me back and, in. And I wasn't gonna watch it until I heard the reviews come in, and everybody was saying yep. it was amazing, right? So, yeah, they they need to continue that streak. They need to do stuff that is as good as the best of Mandalorian, the best of Ahsoka, and Andor, and they can keep me on this line if they want the cranky old Star Wars folks part of the movement. I mean, they Still don't have to us, do man. this shit. There are I'm gonna, there, I'm there hope dozens. I'm gonna be around for another forty years. They they can milk me milk yeah. me i want to be milked so let's do this i, I just gotta be milked right gently <laughs> yeah they can you can they can milk him in a nursing home if they play their cards yeah. right the milk gonna dry up if, if they this if they start to try to squeeze too hard just like mm-hmm. princess leia said the harder you squeeze the star wars fans teeth <laughs> the less milk slips between your fingers that's a Dave Filoni's. <laughs> that's a Dave Filoni Princess Leia quote, I believe. The exact, exact quote. Do not neglect your training. We'll be right back. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. 
Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-round movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is reward unto itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Let's see what knowledge lurks inside this podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. All right, yeah, do you want to talk about uh, the Silmarillion then? Are you referring to the Star Wars... The Star Wars legends that us old coots use to theorize. Salamari? The, the, the Isalimris? I, I, it's like it's spelled like the a, town of Ypsilanti, Michigan. So I kind of uh, always pronounce it like Isalar, Salami. The Salami. Yeah. I used to call Y Salami when I was a kid. I knew that wasn't what was pronounced, but it was a fun way to do it. I think it's Salamari, is what it seems like. But but uh, this is what yeah. I assume is in those coffin shaped cargo containers. Just, just just if you don't want if you don't want spoilers for Heir to the Empire, the old Timothy Zahn trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. Skip ahead to the feedback a little bit. Um, we're only gonna be talking to this for a bit. So you think? Uh, explain to people who want to know what the uh, why Salamari are. I don't know that I can properly explain it. My understanding of it is that they are some kind of being that is has some force inhibiting capabilities. Yeah, they're described as like these salamander looking like lizards that um, are like uh, kind of like an earthbound sloth and they cling to this particular branch. And the idea that Thrawn had is he would take cylinders of these creatures that would produce a bubble uh, that negates the force like anything within this mm-hmm. bubble this natural bubble that they create uh, you step in there like Luke would lose his connection to the force uh, you know couldn't use any of his force powers um, and it's one of the multiple things the tricks up uh, uh, Thrawn's sleeve he had to because like his, this is the, the air of the Empire is basically about Thrawn coming back from an extra galactic mission finding the galaxy uh with the empire in full retreat they're out into just outer remnants they're just a few warlords that the new republic are mounting or, or and and the he's parents, trying to the, the the empire came home after a night out and found that their kid had a party in their house right everything's right. trashed yeah. puke on the couch yeah so thrawn has a lack of ships and a lack of men and a need to get a bunch of ships, a bunch of men, and forge them into a well-trained, well-coordinated fighting force. And he has a couple of things to to pull that off. One, to get the men, he gets a bunch of cloning cylinders. Um, we didn't have the kimono, 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 kimono cloners back then. It was some other, but like there's the you know cloners. He got a bunch of clones, and he's gonna make a bunch of clones. And there is an instability with clones. It turned out crazy. And his theory is that the something about the force 
uh, weeded them out as unnatural and caused some echoes. So I think his whole deal is he lined his cloning facilities with those force-repelling salamanders so he could grow clones clean without that force contamination. That's how he made non-insane clones. Mm-hmm. Um, then to get his ships, he stole there's like this whole mothball that I think is like this, I don't know, is like it's kind of ridiculous in retrospect, like a hundred old galactic cruisers that he's going to use for his navy. He went to go steal from the, the old Republic moth yard. And then third, he's got all these clones that don't know what they're doing. He used this this old Jedi master, a cloned Jedi master, to force puppet them all like he'd have all the starships commanded by these clones but this 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 dark jedi master would like puppet string them all i'm wondering if darth balan is going to the thing he's going to awaken is going to be some warlock of dathomir some some dark force user that's going to essentially be the joris kaboth the the old clone jedi master Mm-hmm. I wonder if the witch's body is going to have some kind of natural force repellent, like you said, the I why Solaris. And then he's just going to just do the clones because the clones have now this is back before we knew what the clone wars were. And I think Zahn's impersonation mm-hmm. was they tried to clone to build up an army and they all went insane and rebelled. That's no longer canon, obviously. You can just clone, just just get the Camino yep. cloning facilities raised. And I think you've got essentially heir to the Empire airdropped into the Felony verse makes a lot of sense uh with what we're seeing here i i do wonder if like balan's goal with him going to the beginning is maybe tied up in those white salamis as well like and trying and trying to destroy that if he's trying to destroy the force itself that could be a big hint right there's something about these witches have some kind of force negation that they've discovered that there's like well if you just do that bigger what if you do a galactic side yeah yeah, which is kind of where my head was at theorizing about his goals. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be super interesting seeing what they pull from Mayor of the Empire and what they don't. I did wonder if there is something about the... Because when they pulled the things from the crypts, it looks they look kind of like cloning pods. I was wondering like if it were the D- Dathomir all like a clone species or something, and they're just going to essentially play that straight up. Um, so, so you think they're going to do away with the Y Salamis in favor of just having the Dathomiri be... Well, there's also then, this like can- canonical thing in the in the Force. What I don't know if it's still canonical, but the idea that he, why did Yoda hide on De- Dagobah? Why did he to choose avoid that? detection? Because he's this bright light source mm-hmm. of Force power, and he found the planet that had that cave, that strong dark side cave. That that it's like you know you have this extreme positive and negative charge that cancel each other out. If you're Darth Vader looking for these ripples in the Force, they just they're mm-hmm. they, they're like noise canceling headphones. Um, so like the idea of like a concentrated evil body could negate a light side user, I think is something that they could go for, or they could just be like the Dathomiri mm-hmm. witches had a particular metal or mineral or technique that allows them to repel the, the, the force. And I, I don't know, um, something about that, but it's, it's and the, the other, the other piece of puzzle, I don't see, uh, where they're going to come from at all is the, uh, the ships. Where is he going to get the material that he needs? Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they're going to just literally steal. Like the, they've had this like whole plot line of the New Republic, you know, turning swords to plowshares. They're essentially decommissioning all the 
the Star Destroyers and they're essentially intact, just waiting to be. I wonder if he's going to break into a Republic scrapyard and steal a thousand of them or something. There's also well, like, a pretty large group of loyalists or high, high, high ranking seeming group of loyalists we've seen from time to time in these shows. Well placed in the production facilities and the reclamation facilities and the gut. Yeah. Yes, there is a shadow government waiting for Thrawn to kind of take over. Yeah. Yeah. So they might just, oh, Thrawn's back. Let's defect. What happened to the Sith fleet that Palpatine somehow uh, created in the Rise of Skywalker movie? Because there was like a thousand pristine oh, Star Destroyers there. Did they all get destroyed because they didn't have shields or they were still in the atmosphere or Poe Dameron is just you. a really cool... Because, yeah, I, I saw that I saw that movie once. And Me too. That was enough. Did a podcast on it. Done. Checked mm-hmm. off my list. Um. Okay. I think that's it for our discussion of legends. We got we got we got people in here in our, in our feedback that want to. Star Wars at baldmove.com is uh how you join Fight Club. Uh Zach's up first. It says, I am not familiar with the EU canon slash non-canon material. I wonder if there's an example of a Jedi who was not connected to the Republic. From what I've seen, the Jedi are either Republic space cops, Sith, or dead. Since it's a religion, I wondered if there were examples of what Jedi were before. Dude. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. If you it is I I do not know of a conception of Star Wars Galaxy that does not have the Jedi in it. I actually looked cuz like they go back all the way 10,000 years to the old republic to like the mm-hmm. the legendary era the Jedi were there. And yeah, it's worse than even it's worse than I even thought. I in in and according to I think these are Star Wars legends. These have not been re-brought into the continuity, but in the Star Wars legends, there was an ancient people called the Jedi, which is Jedi with an extra apostrophe in the middle of it and like three eyes instead of one. And they lived on this planet that thirty-five thousand years before the Battle of Yavin, before the old republic, they the Jedi lived on this planet which had two natural moons one that was perpetually showing its light side to the planet and one which was tidally locked to show its dark side to the planet and these people came to appreciate the force through that entire dynamic they invented the light side and dark side dichotomy because of their cosmology and as they advanced they did things like they saw like this balance of the force like the jedi would go on to do and uh, apparently when their adherents would get too imbalanced either towards the light or the dark, they would exile them on their respective moons for them to be isolated and meditate so they can get back into balance. So it's in, I, if there is a better answer than that of like what was before the Jedi, I don't know. Cause as far as I can tell, the Jedi have always been in this galaxy. Um, and their, their civil war that kind of split, um, like a, 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 a faction of the Jedi off that when they became the galactic Jedi, um, they're just an offshoot of, of, of that, of that religion. So it's like, it seems mm-hmm. like in the star Wars mythos, it's Jedi all the way down. Um, now there are lots of other force using traditions. You've got, uh, the Keldor Baron Doe sages where they eschewed using the force for combat. They would just use it to like meditate on their people's future to guide them through correct decision making processes. And they're used as seers and sages. There's the Ang T monks who uh, rejected the force having a light side dichotomy and viewed it as like a spectrum, a full rainbow spectrum that individuals should, should exhibit. But like, 
I don't know. These these are all like uh, the, the majority of these are all kind of like fleshed out in the comic books or obscure novel and um, mm-hmm. probably you know, don't apply anymore. But it's the idea of like they're like it's a, like Star Wars is very universalist. You know, uh, what do they call the universal universe? What are the that the branch the branch of religion Unitarian Unitar- Universalists? Mm-hmm. Um, and that like you can worship it in very many ways, but everything at the end is the Force. Like I even read an article this morning yeah. to explain like the Ewoks, you know, like witch doctor guy Low Low Gray. <laughs> oh, that he was like that's like he didn't know it but he's uh, in uh, all the powers that he that he was actually Loki using the force so like all all the mat like I did did you catch the Dathomir's magic you know they're they're mm-hmm. not force users they use magic <laughs> with a k um uh. it's it's all it's all force so Dave says, I thought you'd appreciate this YouTube clip of Mark Hamill complaining about some of the dialogue George Lucas expected him to say in the original Star Wars film. Mark comment at the end is priceless. This is an old Johnny uh, Carson interview from the late 70s, and I thought if our producer is kind, we could just drop this clip in here. Um, This is a clip of him. He's just a short clip of him giving this line of dialogue that he got George Lucas to to, to drop about. He says... uh, but we can't turn back now. Fear is their greatest defense. Uh, I doubt that the actual security there is any greater than it was on Aqualish or Sullish. And what there is is most likely directed toward large scale assaults. And it's just like him joking about how you can, you know, you can't, you can't say that shit. Yeah, I thought he had a particularly devastating quote at the end. Like his description yeah, like of the dialogue was devastating. Like it, it's world ending or something. Or like he, he in this particular quote, he said. Um, like come on george you're we're the ones that are going to get rotten uh vegetables thrown at us like the the this dialogue's so bad that they're going to go down as like these infamously bad actors i think harrison ford is the one that says george you can write this shit but you can't say can't it, say it. Mm-hmm. yeah which is and the, and especially with his direction being faster more intense like you can even hear in that clip like if you go much faster, Aqualish and Sullish start to run together, and it's just Aqualish, and I, that's no good. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, this is a well-known problem that George has had for a long time. Like, experienced directors go in and be like, okay, whatever, I'm going to do whatever, and that's how you get just amazing things out of Alec Guinness and, uh, ah, Jesus, who's the guy who's uh, Grand Marf Tarkin? Tar- um, uh, Peter Cushing. Peter, Cush- Peter Cushing. Wait. Is that true? I thought Peter Cushion. No, Peter Mayhew is Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, a lot of times you'll 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 get the veteran actors that just kind of like, okay, I get what this material is going for, and I need to be this this particular archetype. But the young talent seems to get just kind of twist in the wind. Uh, you're um, gonna tell the director no when he tells you that sand is coarse and right. it gets everywhere. <laughs> you're not gonna tell him no. And see, that's the thing. It's like so. So, George, so, so Mark Hamill's talking about like they used to push back. They got this line taken out of the film because it was so bad. Like George used to respond to people's. Like you know, he used to call on and have people help him. Like there's, um, you, you know, like Star Wars uh, is is largely conceived as being saved in the editing. That like what George actually came up with was such a mess, and he had a couple of really talented editors, including one of his former wives, that kind of like saved it in the editing bay. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like I said, you can say a lot of things about George Lucas, uh, really technically oriented, uh, really has an eye for a shot and composition, hugely inventive in terms of world building and like coming up with like just insane, like really ingenious concepts like Indiana Jones and Star Wars, but actually meat and potatoes, directing living flesh and blood actors through lines and dialogue and sets. Not so much. Move on, Ethan says, I am indeed one of those younger Star Wars fans who grew up in the Clone Wars and have two quick things. I am shocked, just shocked that people are pressuring you to watch all of the Clone Wars. Any real Clone Wars fans will admit to you that they do not need to see the whole show to understand or enjoy it. It's an anthology show with completely disconnected episodes in terms of both storylines and chronology. As a fan, there's probably a good season or two worth of episodes that I haven't even seen. I appreciate a young guy like you, Ethan, releasing us from the burden of having to watch the Clone Wars and the Rebels. It's so appreciated. Yeah. Come, come on. Pull up a chair on the lawn. Crack open a beer next to the Purgle. He continues. Here's my proposition that's a middle ground. Ah, God damn it. He had us in the first half. Here's his one weird trick to invest 10 hours into the Clone Wars and Rebels that will completely change our mind about the material. I don't know about this. So some lawful evil behavior, Ethan. Some real Darth Swanson tactics. Um, No, he's just like, you know, there's like, you know, three or four little. And then here's the thing. I actually, I don't know if you recall this, but I actually did invest in time to watch a four episode mini arc, like at the very beginning of the Mandalorian experience. And I was chagrined to find out that it was two and a half hours of cartoons that, was barely relevant like like four or five sentences relevant to the thing that i was watching and i'm like never again so <laughs> no i don't i don't i don't want to do i did i did watch a 30 minute primer on the dave filoni universe which i found kind of okay. helpful uh helpful to make better jokes about the material i don't think it's actually mm. uh <laughs> but anyway so secondly i don't know if you're if you've already talked about this before before but for me what i think is diluting these star wars stories is an attempt to turn these shows into their own version of the marvel cinematic universe of interconnected stories i think it's absurd the storylines of one show resolve in a different show or that as fans one should be required to watch a four season cartoon to understand the latest live action series this method most certainly leads to faster burnout and quality over quantity or sorry quantity over quality level of storytelling one of the reasons Andor rules as much as it did is because it didn't have this burden of having to connect the stories between five different shows, movies, books, and games. Curious to hear your thoughts on this issue of studios trying to use the Marvel Universe method with every franchise now. Thanks. Yeah, the the MCU itself is too much. And now everything is going to be that? That's insane. Uh, yeah, Disney's model worked until it didn't work, and I, they tried to push it too far with the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, and the other thing is, like, the co- the cool thing about Marvel is that they, I mean, this is a universe that was conceived of having all these Marvel, these, fa- these um, heroes having their individual adventures that would once in a while come together for a giant size issue or a summer crossover event or something like that. So you've got built in, like, mm-hmm. all these independent narratives where, like, what Doctor Strange does doesn't impact what Spider-Man does, but every once in a while they'll work to get right. Whereas this is like every fucking thing has to be set within 10 years of the Battle of fucking Yavin. Like, and, and I'm not the only one. So can we not? Like, we just talked about 10,000 years ago, the, the Knights of the Real Old Republic. 
can we not just like jump back a thousand years into the past and just tell a Star Wars story about Jedi Knights that we don't know and a Sith threat that we don't understand and weird alien yeah. comp like can, can we not do that or can we not get like a thousand years in the future and here's an idea fuck the Jedi fuck the Sith let's look at the bounty hunters let's look at the you know uh the, the grand army of the republic like what let, let's let, I, I don't know I just feel like there's so much room for storytelling and they try to fit all these stories in this itty bitty little section and they do it well it succeeds in making the galaxy look so fucking small right like it's not yeah, inconceivable I, I it's not inconceivable that, that that peter parker would run into captain america they they operate on the same fucking planet it is wild that darth vader built c3po and that yoda was best friends with chewbacca you know like yeah no i'm with you it does make everything feel very small but that, that's that's a I guess that's my, less of a complaint. I, I have a complaint more with the model itself, not the setting. I think you could tell. I mean, like how how much time do you think spans a lot of these Marvel movies? I mean, if you take out like a Thor or something, where you're going to different universes or whatever, you could see all this happening in ten years, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, not, I think you. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's kind of yeah. runs in real time. So so like they could tell a bunch of different interesting stories in a 10 year span if they really wanted to the thing that bothers me is the model it's it's the oversaturation of it putting out too much stuff and just tiring out the fan uh right. the feeling that if i miss any of it i'm doomed to not understand the rest of it and that's the that's the thing that kills me it's the stupid thing they did with book of boba fett and mandalorian just mm. the callousness that shows um or the cynicism, right? Like, we're going to throw all this out there. We're going to make you watch it all so that we can get our numbers up. Uh, yeah. So that we can make more money. And, and that's clear. It's That's all it is to them, right? It doesn't have any of the special relationship with Star Wars that fans have had over the years. It's been a lot of people's lives. And Disney is just treating it as another way to make an enormous profit. And doing and it out in the like... That's what they do. Now, I- out in the open like when they have every time they have these like star wars roadmaps that they unveil to the fans that like you know it feels like oh this is the atm machine that's going to be printing money for the next two years right you Uh know and like i I feel like as a fan it kind of turns me off when it's like yeah it's like not like we are excited to tell these it's more of like here is the next slop that's going to be coming down the pike um yeah, here's the next thing that's going to make us a billion dollars. And and it's they've been chastised on this, right? Look at the movie state of Star Wars. Fans have said, your approach sucks and we don't want any part of it. Mm-hmm. And they stopped making fucking Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. They stopped because they, they had a plan, man. They they were going to do this until until the end of time. And it turns out the end of time was just like three movies in. Right, because they had no plan. plan. They had the plan to print the money, but they had no idea of why we would want to give them our money, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's like, well, it's Star Wars. We paid $2 billion. It's going to make us, you know, $2 billion a year in perpetuity, and they just didn't do it. I think the other problem... Forcing me to watch one show so that I can understand another show is not a a blueprint to make money either. Trust me. If you listen to our coverage of this, like we laid all this out of like, you know, like even the hardcore fans are not going to be able to like every fucking week. There's one or sometimes two 
two and a half hours of Marvel shit to watch, and then mm-hmm. the it's like, man, like and 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 the other thing is like Disney knows that not everyone's going to watch those things, so like they have to be sidecars to the movie. They can never be the main event. You know, if, if the yeah. movies touch on them, they have to explain it well enough for the or that. And it's like Marvel's even starting to have trouble with that. The other thing is in turning creativity into a factory, yeah. I think is a mistake. Well, that's, it's, it, it's 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 doomed to failure. Like you cannot you cannot mechanize people's creativity. I think you can though. The sad thing is, I think you can because that was that's been Walt Disney's entire fucking career is to is to chain up talented animators that have brilliant visions and just have them chain crank out assembly line whimsy for years and years and years like that's what the theme part like it's all like all kind of running out again or maybe it's all just like no one can afford this shit anymore um, no one can too, afford yeah. Disney vacations and and uh, buying all the Star Wars books they've, they they've hit a point of saturation with everything and they're trying to still step on the gas and I feel like it's a mistake the other thing I think that is a, a problem in the Star Wars universe that doesn't affect Marvel is imagine if every Marvel movie that had a team, a superhero team, that you had to always have a Spider-Man, you have to always have an Iron Man, and you have to always have a Asgardian god, and you have to always have a regular dude with no powers. That's the start. Like every fucking Star Wars show has to have a scoundrel. Mm-hmm. It has to have a Jedi. It has to have a former soldier who's probably now a bounty hunter. It has to, you know, it's like there are all these archetypes yeah. that if you don't check, it doesn't feel like Star Wars. But also, there's only so many ways you can rearrange those deck chairs before people notice that the ship is sinking. Uh, and it's why Andor felt so fresh, right? Because it didn't have that perspective. It didn't feel like we have to make this thing that is. Is Star Wars in every possible aspect? Right. It said, "Let's tell a really cool story in this universe, and we'll just take a slice of it, and we'll tell right. that story." Literally, let's take the line where Mon Mothma says, "Many Bothans died to bring us this information," and let's just meditate on what it's like to be mm-hmm. a rebel spy. And, uh, and, and the, the Jedi weren't involved in that, right? So no force users. Get them out of here. We don't need somebody with a lightsaber on this show. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Star Wars, as it, as it, if it grows out of its adolescence into adulthood, will get that confidence that like, and, and people are going to be like, what about the Bad Batch? What about, there's certainly examples where they hyper fixate on one of the archetypes I talk about, but mm-hmm. like the actual getting outside the box and telling the, the story of a whole fucking galaxy is, you know, they got it. It's right there. And I think then they'll, they'll, they'll either figure it out or, this show this thing will always just be what it is you know which is something that people outgrow and leave behind most people not everybody yeah and and that you know star wars archetype for a show comes back to my problems with tone with the these shows a lot they all end up feeling the same right every every star wars thing is starting to feel like every marvel thing Mm -hmm. they they kind of all just blend together just the tone like every you know even the characters um uh-huh. like you were talking about are kind of similar in a lot of these the shows sense of so, humor the sensibilities uh-huh. yeah yeah it is yeah it is. And, and that's another reason andor was a fresh breath of air because it didn't go for that same tone at all it went for a much more adult tone much more serious tone uh christine has some star wars science to drop on us says my feeling is why ahsoka was able to enter the world between worlds instead of dying is because she had previously been resurrected by a god that embodied the light side of the force called the daughter 
In Clone Wars, Ahsoka, Anakin, Obi-Wan find this planet uh, called Mortis that encountered the three gods and an embodiment of the Force. The father, balance. The son, the light side. And the daughter... Oh, wait. Son, the dark side. And the daughter, the light side. That's sexist? It's... Right? Like, the father <laughs> is know. the one that represents the balance, but the son's the dark side? The fuck is that shit? I, I, okay. Way, way to go. Mm. Way to go. And pan offensive. Uh, long story short, the son possesses Ahsoka with the dark side trying to get Anakin, and she ends up dying. The son managed to then accidentally kill the daughter when she was trying to kill the father so he could take... This is like the Walter White saying, what the fuck are you talking about, Jesse meme? I what What is this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ahsoka literally has the life force of the light side god or a celestial within her. I think this is also why Ezra is able to pull her away from Vader before he landed the killing blow later in Rebels using the world between worlds. Fun fact, ever since she's resurrected, there's been a little convor or owl named the Morai that has kept an eye on Ahsoka and has randomly showed up to guide her to help her in some way. We learned in Rebels through a mural that depicted the three deities of the owl next to the daughter that the Morai has always followed the daughter and is either part of the daughter or some sort of protector. The da- Oh, she's the light. Okay, right. The daughter's the good one, not the evil, and that's the son. Is this, the is owl- this in the Nodi language? Because I don't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Christine says, I feel like Ahsoka has some sort of godlike power within her. I'm curious to see how far that actually goes. Okay. okay. As someone who has no idea what the hell any of these words mean, I will say that I am not a particularly huge fan of Ahsoka being a reincarnated force god. Nope. That seems way too fan wankish for Filoni to go down there. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I was like, I don't want Luke to be it's some force god either. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to blend these weird concepts. Like I, I think it's cool to have force ghosts. Yes. remnants of the the residual remnant of like a force user who is particularly strong but personified That's versions cool, of the force like, yeah I, uh, not to my taste how about that yeah how do you explain that like it's like the, to me it's like if there's a guy that you can meet on the other side it's like hey I'm, I'm Mr. Force this is my son kind of a shit this is my daughter lover perfect angel I'd be like well shit I guess the Jedi are wrong You, this is the true religion mm-hmm. you know like if I if I die and, us, and there's Yahweh standing here. for I got some explaining to do I'll have to be like okay I got got this whole thing wrong where you know or if it's mm-hmm. uh, Lord Shiva or whatever then it's like well okay you know didn't didn't get it right um, yeah I, I don't know that doesn't seem Star Warsy to me that seems very Western religious well maybe not I guess there's a whole pantheon in the Buddhist Hindu traditions too I don't like it that's different and weird and I'm an old man how about that <laughs> at least you're honest. Uh, Tobias has other uh, from Sweden as a ground, more grounded possibility is uh, this whole world between worlds business connected to Anakin's efforts to learn how to conquer Padme's death that I think has mm. some legs that like Anakin's preoccupation with overcoming death leads him to accidentally backdoor himself into the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan force ghost routine and, and he would continue that fascination post death to where he could open these portals kind of up and I, I, I that like I said there's a lot of a lot of connected tissue that needs to be added there but I, I like the concept what do you think yeah yeah I could I could hang with that I don't know we'll see 
Kristen says, just wanted to mention that Ahsoka actually has small ear holes on both sides of her head that slightly lower than the human ears would be, which is why her headpiece does provide ear covers. She sent in a, a picture, and I'll be damned, no. there are three pinky-sized holes on the side of her head Yuck. that the makeup artist just forgot the contrast shade. <laughs> Because they're lit extremely fine, like you, it's it's they're very hard to see. They're very hard to see. Um, Not a fan. I don't want to see any more of Ahsoka without her headpiece. Get that headpiece back on, lady. Yeah, yeah. Cover cover your holes. Right. It's my perspective. You're indecent. Get get your shit together. Uh, Mark says I've been enjoying your Ahsoka podcast quite a bit and wanted to share my perspective. I'm about to turn 50 and started my Star Wars experience at nine years old, seeing Empire Strikes Back at the drive-in theater. Pretty nice. big lawn possibilities for this guy. I'm saying, <laughs> I like, I'm liking, I'm, I'm, it's, it's the story's checking out. Mm-hmm. I love the OG trilogy in the '90s novels. The prequels are okay for me. Didn't love them, didn't hate them. Uh, at 38 years old, I had my first child. My wife, who's also a casual Star Wars fan, decided that we want to expose our son to Star Wars at an early age, so we went the animated route. He first started watching Rebels around five years old, and I absolutely loved it for what it was. Perfectly reasonable. Had a lot of fun mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. Tartakovsky's Clone Wars of my son, myself. I think Dave is doing a great job explaining the relationships and plot without excessive exposition. The one plot point missing is what's happened between Ahsoka and Sabine, and that's a plot hole for everyone, as it's never been addressed in the animated shows. I love your take on it because you have a deep core passion for Star Wars, and you are asking questions that although I know the answer to and often yell back the answers to while listening to your podcast are perfect for the fans who do not know the answers to ponder. Keep up the amazing work that you do. Between your Ying and the House of Ours, Yang, I get everything I need each week on my favorite shows and movies. Uh, yeah, Joe and Mal are super great. Uh, they are. It's hard to find podcasters I respect more. And mm-hmm. uh, and also, I don't think they're all sunshine and Pollyanna over there too. I think they criticize the show where they think it deserves it. Just it's different places than it. And also, I think I, I, if I recall correctly, Joe and Mal are both almost exactly 10, 15 years younger than us. Yeah. So definitely. they're right there on the uh, uh, I want to play on your I want to fuck up your yard demographic. So <laughs> it's a great. I think it, it, it'd be a great companion podcast to ours mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, Chad says, with Star Wars spanning so many years, it's obvious different generations will appreciate different aspects of this franchise. I don't think any one fan's opinion means less than the next, so I don't think I'm the worst kind of fan because I'm okay with the Star Wars series that haven't been award-winning masterpieces. Yes, I agree the power step B could do better, but I don't think the fault lies with fans that don't share your point of view. I appreciate the feedback, Chan, but or Chad, but like no not a little bit the fans don't have any responsibility for the shape of their franchise what do you what do you think about that jim well like i said they they did shape this franchise a bit they told disney no thank you to these movies no thank you to your haphazard bullshit that you've been pulling that you've been calling movies and and they did course correct on that right yeah They've foregone, as far as I can tell, $2 billion worth of film revenue by not releasing shitty Star Wars films the last two, three years. For sure. People have still seen those. Um, But yeah, I... I, So, of course. I mean, anytime... You know, it's the old... It's the old saying of voting with your wallet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're voting with your eyeballs here. If you press play on Disney+, Plus, they get 
their number goes up by one and they say yes we got another one right apparently we're doing something right so the only way you can tell a company like this that you want them to do better is by not engaging with the crap that they're putting out I'm not saying it's all crap uh, obviously I'm here talking about Ahsoka Uh, but yeah I mean as a fan you definitely have a responsibility and I I know how hard it is to to engage, I guess, responsibly with that responsibility because a lot of times you just like, you want more of the thing, you're hoping it'll get better, you've been such a fan for such a long time, you really are, you really just want to see it done right and so you keep hanging on mm-hmm. and that's how they get you, you know? <laughs> so that's what they're counting on is that they can produce something cheap enough and fast enough that you know it'll be worth the next dose of it i guess here's the thing like i love the fast and furious franchise and i don't want it to do better i in fact i don't sure. under, like I, mm-hmm. I was just watch. i was reading some reviews uh when it first came out talking about fast 10 being the worst fast and furious since like i don't know whatever and i'm like what does that even mean it was amazing what does it even mean to have a, a bad fast and like a, like a bad fast and furious film would probably look like a shitty jason bourne it'd be too serious it would not have ground as so it's like mm-hmm but what I don't like what I understand is like if they try to do like a super serious fast and furious and like I I, I, I don't know like why, why would I support that if I didn't want to see it you know it's like well it's fast and furious like so I don't know fast and furious fans so I guess I watch it that's what I don't get the idea of like well you know it might not be the best thing but it's still this thing and I I, I like it it's like well, then, then you do like that thing, and you you do want them to make more of it. You'd rather them make more of that than stop making it. I'm on the other side of that, where mm-hmm. it's like, I wish they would stop making it if they're going to not make it any better than what they've been making it. So, um, I, and I, yeah. yeah like, I, I never loved Star Wars more than when they weren't making Star Wars, <laughs> right? This like is the not... Like the mid-90s, a, I, yeah. I loved it, and there was nothing Star Wars coming out as far as visual media goes. Because it was Star... It was rare, um and mm-hmm. but but yeah I, I get it it's like I, I i'm not trying to make you feel bad for enjoying it but it's like obviously if the majority of star wars fans no. are like you then like i'm not gonna feel i'm I'm not gonna fit into that it's and, like that's fine you know i don't have to be a modern star wars fan my entire life yeah i haven't been for a long time i'm starting to get back there but yeah but that's the thing it's to, like it's give it to others it's like I, I don't know. It's like let, but but that's I, I, it's like this is like the Walking Dead fandom all over again, where we had this kind of arc where like in the middle of it, people like oh you know, there's just haters, just that. It's like no, we just we, show used to be good, used to be better, it never completely lived up its its potential. But you know, people are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this. Shouldn't it be good? And to the extent that there's a large fan base that says, nah, we're actually fine with anything as long as it's got zombies in it and, you know, a zombie gets killed every week, uh, we're going to be happy with it, then you are standing in the way of me getting what I want, which is a better show. So we are a little bit like like enemies here, but like it's not I don't I don't I don't take this personal. Gotcha. It's weird. I get this animated about this because I get I care. I like I I don't care. Like I I'm actually really respectful about discussing like religion and politics and things like that with people in real life. But for Star Wars, I feel like not. Nah, fuck it. Just uncork. Who cares? Like oh, this like like at the end of the day, if they ruin Star Wars. It's not going to change the amount of children starving and dying every 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 day, better or worse. So it's like you know, 
whatever. But yeah, I, I, so this is probably going to push this to a two hour podcast, but I, I was the last feedback. So like, or we're, we're done. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I've got this general feeling like there is an oversaturation of marketing and merchandising and fandom in general. Like Mm -hmm. there's going there, there's quickly, we are quickly approaching a breaking point for people's ability to be fans of things because they're so it's so in our face and like forced down our throats at every turn like you can't go on youtube without seeing the latest 16 reviews of the episode of uh marvel show or star wars show or any show honestly that's out there um and everywhere you turn there's advertising for new stuff that you can spend your time and money on it feels to me like they're we're approaching something where people are just going to throw their hands up and say i can't do this anymore well we're completely in uncharted territories because if you go back to our fathers the idea that they would be sitting on a podcast and right. be like you know in 2023 howdy doody just doesn't mean the same things it used to like uh-huh. I, I i keep on wanting it to get those lone ridiculous. ranger feels when he's gone but it's just always fucking lone ranger and tonto i don't this like the idea that you would like something as a child that you would continue to enjoy throughout your entire life is practically unheard of on this planet it's, Earth. it's new yeah like like maybe sports fandom is the one area where oh, for sure, yeah. people have allowed to be children their entire lives and enjoy it and nobody like you nobody bats an eye if you dress up and you wear the clothes but even that's a lot like I'm always amazed if you go back and watch like a football game or a basketball game in the 80s. No one's fucking wearing jerseys. No one's wearing no- enormous parkas with the theme. It's like they're just dressed like they're just out of game, you know? Like right? all this stuff, That's this, this, I mean. ex- this extreme fanaticism in every level is a completely... Un- and I think that we just it's don't know. and goaded at every turn, yeah. Y- yeah, and it's like at, at what point do they go from like extracting the natural affection from fans and that when do they start fracking it? When they start yeah, injecting... we're there. We're here. I- I- injecting f- fluid at a high pressure into our veins and like forcing it out of us. And I-, I I think we all feel a little bit of that, like that we're being forced to enjoy some things that we'd much rather just kind of like enjoy. Um, I-, I can't tell if it's it's a symptom of being a podcaster. Um that doesn't this help. This is a general feeling, but that certainly doesn't help. Each week, I have to get on and have an opinion on You're something to... that doesn't fucking matter to my life, right? Like, yeah, it, Ahsoka could shit the bed tomorrow, be a, the worst show anyone's ever seen, and it wouldn't make a difference to my life, except that I'm a podcaster and I have, have you, to talk um, about it. I there's have two to... hours of podcast to fill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if that is a general feeling or if that's just me, but. I, I look around and I see the level at all, that all this is at. I look at San Diego Comic Con. I look at the number yeah. of Comic Cons and the number of conventions and the the amount of fandom that is out there. And I wonder, is this just a natural expression of people's excitement for the things they love? Or is this being, like you said, fracked out of us? Is this being, is this something that we are pushed to because of the frenetic pace of all of this stuff? And will it just eventually implode? And there's not a right or wrong answer and where everyone's at different places. Like, I imagine it has a lot to do with your totally. age, your enthusiasm, what else you got going on in your life. But, like, I feel it. I feel pretty fracked, you know? Like, it's it's like, yeah. it's it's uh, it feels good when I... And I feel like I've been... We've been on kind of a high of shows like this that have been really fun to cover. But, like, yeah, it feels so good to, like, feel that genuine spark of, like, oh, my God, I'm seeing something new. And it's so... 
so much fun and I just don't know what's going on and you know um we're being milked and fracked Aaron forced forced milking forced fracking <laughs> it's a, it's the hottest hottest category in Pornhub now uh-huh. and uh it's uh yeah I don't know I could take I the know. milking on one end but the fracking on the other is too much yeah <laughs> get milked on one end and fracked on the other all right. Well, at that note, we are done fracking and milking you, gentle listener. Uh, Star Wars at baldmove.com is how you send in your uh, thoughts on the state of modern Star Wars, how many uh, seasons of the 93 combined Rebel and Clone Wars we should watch, and which arcs are the most crucial for us to ignore. Uh, and uh, anything else, anything else, Star Wars at baldmove.com. You can also follow us on, because we do other things besides Star Wars, believe it or not best way to find about that is on all our social medias at bald move everywhere except for tiktok it's at baldest move finally if you want to if you're like i really want i really want to play on this yard i want to get extra access to the playground equipment etc support.baldmove.com is how you get that Uh, ad free feeds extra audio and video content plus you help us keep keep doing the thing that presumably you love us to do so support that that's it for us on ahsoka tribe of two here until next week i'm aaron i'm jim see you then